Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello everybody and welcome to Late Night Football. After, well, the disaster or the experiment, whichever way you want to look at it, of Wednesday, we're back to doing uh, pre-recorded shows. Uh, for today's uh, preview show, we're back here live today. Uh, not live today, actually recorded today. But we are here with uh, Bitwick, Ninad, and Sidhan joining us today. Welcome on the show, guys. Uh, Sidhan, welcome back. Uh, once again, nice to have you. Hey. Yes, Ninad also. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Ninad, welcome back as well to the show. It's great to have you again. And uh, Ritwik, uh, first time on the show. Welcome. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can... Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, intelligence inside as well. This is actually our 50th episode of Late Night Football. So we finally got oh. to 50 episodes. Uh, really awesome achievement for us. We, thanks to all of you uh, who've been watching this show. Thanks to all of our guests who joined me on this show. It's really been an amazing, incredible journey. We started out with, uh, you know, uh, microphone recorded shows on my telephone with my phone app and, uh, you know, doing recordings on that. And now we are here doing live shows and doing, uh, you know, videos. So it's it's been an awesome growth so far. But uh, we are getting into it, so let, we've got a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. We've got a big weekend of Premier League action ahead of us today, so let's, let's just get right into it. Let's start with the first game of the weekend, uh, Sheffield against Manchester City. It's a big game, and we seem to have lost Nenad for some reason, as I can see, but uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. But in the meantime, uh, let's uh, let, let's talk about uh, Sheffield against Manchester City. Uh, Sinant, uh, no Aguero, Neshis again, and no Jesus. It's uh, starting to look with Aguero. It's, it's, he's having some injury issues. He has, it's, I think it's, it's a long, I don't know what kind of problem it is, but it seems like a much more serious issue than it, just one injury or one layoff. Like it's, it's, it's got to be a concern for Manchester City, particularly since his contract is coming up this year, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and uh, I feel that uh, he might be in the twilight of his career as well with uh, City. And I'm sure they're looking to sign like a proper long-term uh, replacement for him. I don't think... Uh, Jesus is a good striker, but I'm not sure if he's a replacement for Aguero. You know, you really need to have that really clinical, really sharp kind of... A, and a very direct striker who's always looking for the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but City has goals everywhere. I mean, they score... They have Sterling, they have De Bruyne, they have all sorts of, you know, Mares. You know, everyone can chip in with goals. So, goals are not going to be a problem for them, at least with respect to opposition like uh, Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think uh, goals will be the problem against Sheffield. And I think yeah. uh, Manchester City will outscore Sheffield in the end of the game. Yeah, I don't think it will be an issue for this game particularly. But it does yeah, seem right. to be a problem because if you have two, if you have two strikers and if both of them are missing uh, for, you cool. know, games, it's not... It's not the best thing, uh, and it's particularly, I think, with Aguero. He's been having these injury issues now for like what seven, eight months now, and uh, nobody seems yes. to know what the issue actually is with him. Uh, but with take on that note, uh, Kevin De Bruyne is back now. He's probably going to start against Sheffield, uh, although we don't know, but he should be starting. It doesn't look like their Champions League uh, thing is going to be too much of a problem for them. So I think he probably start this game uh, for those three points. But how much of a boost is it for them to have Kevin De Bruyne back in the side? Surely it's a big boost. He's the the best player, I think, and uh, probably the contender for uh, player of the season every year almost. So yeah, it would be a big boost uh, because he's the or- orchestrator in that team. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think uh, as an alternative to Jesus and Aguero, I think Ferran Torres in Ferran Torres yep. that m- might have found an alternative, as we saw in the. Wednesday on Champions League. 
Yeah, he's not an out-and-out striker, though. So, I mean, he'd probably be a false nine sort of player. False nine. De Bruyne there as well. I mean, you can... So, they have options. And I think I think the key is here that is against Sheffield, it's not going to be too much of an issue for them to find the goals. It's what they do beyond that. That's that's going to be interesting. But then, on that note, and uh, it's 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 there for the taking. The, the title is there for the taking for Manchester City if they want it. Because at this point, there's no team that has put together a consistent run of games. I think we're starting to see Liverpool get a little bit more consistent. But... They still have aren't there yet to their level of last year, um, and it seems that there are forces at play uh, beyond the Premier League that are trying to ensure that there is some competitiveness. But the title is there for the taking for City, and it just feels like they're not they're not capitalizing on it yet, are they? Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at it that way, obviously, as as compared to Liverpool, the way they performed last season, the only team that has enough starting eleven and the bench strength as well, it's obviously City who can challenge for the title. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has the capacity to probably change their game, though, in like in between, and try to go for that, go for those three points. And I, if I if I'm if I'm not wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. I must say Sheffield did earn a point last season against City, I think. Yeah. In, in, so, yeah, yeah. But looking looking at the way they have started their season this this time around, and again, but putting into perspective the way even City are playing, as you very correctly mentioned, that the title is there for the taking. They they need to put their feet down, and uh, you need uh, like you know they need to put these uh, smaller teams away. I mean, don't no disrespect to Sheffield. Obviously, they survived and did it really well last season after being promoted. But as we were discussing about uh, Aguero and uh, uh, I think Sterling, you were you were saying, but yeah. yeah, obviously Aguero has has been a star for City. I mean, we keep talking about the Messi's and the Ronaldo's, and I mean Lewandowski as Muller likes to call him. And the other players, but Aguero has been on the same level. He doesn't get that much, uh, you know, limelight, but he is a class player. And that being said, while I was listening to you guys, I, I realized something that the way, you know, KDB plays on the field, it's 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 completely different. You 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 see someone putting balls into uh, the uh, danger zone, aerial aerial balls, but he has that eye for putting in the balls to channels. Those are ground shots, with, and he makes sure that the ball reaches the player in time. If the runs are correct, and Sterling is someone who can make those runs, and the last Premier League match they played, I saw the way uh, uh, Foden made an impact immediately after being subbed at half time, and he did earn them a point. So it can be an interesting game if Sheffield uh, do stick to their bases right, but it will be a difficult task, honestly. Say if if KDB is on the starting lineup and Sterling is there, and 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 Mahrez, I think Mahrez's games is a little bit easy to lead now. He He's, he's becoming more of a Valencia, trying to get on the left only. But uh, I, I still think it will be an easy victory for uh, City. Yeah. The one thing is that Sheffield, uh, sorry, City have a lot of options. Aside from the strike force, they do have a lot of options in midfield and the wings. So that's right. not that. It's what, what they have, what they do with the striker situation, which will ultimately determine. Uh, that being said, I think Sheffield are uh, increasingly looking like they'll be in a relegation battle uh, this season. It, it's looking like that at the moment. They've been beset by injuries. So it, it, you, on paper, you would have to say it's an easy win for City. But uh, Siddhant, who do you think is going to be the key player for, for Manchester City in this game? Uh, with respect to scoring goals, I think uh, Sterling will have to chip in one or two goals for City to win it. Yeah. You think he'll need to score two goals? You think City will need to <laughs> score two goals to win it? I think one might do it. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, it's difficult to see where the goals are going to come from for Sheffield, though. Like that's where my issue always is. Where's the goal going to come from? They don't. It's just so many injuries in that team. But I get your point. I think Sterling needs to step up and he needs to be a good striker. Speaking of which, speaking of Aguero, and I know Nenad was talking about Aguero not getting the recognition he deserves. It's it's difficult, isn't it? A lot of the players who play at the smaller clubs don't get the recognition they deserve. So it's it's. Hard. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, uh, no, I'm joking. I, I, get it. I, I get it where you're coming from. It would have been real fun. Uh, it should have had this on the ball. That, yeah, yeah you, you, you put it lightly. You, you, hit the, you, hit the, you hit the nail on the head there. Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 I apologize. I'm joking. You're just joking. Uh, uh, but Ritwik, uh, what's your predicted score for the game? What do you think is going to be the final score? I think it would be 2-0. Uh, okay. One from Sterling and one from Ferran Torres. Ferran Torres. All right. Uh, Nanat, what do you think is going to be the score? Uh, I'm going for a tunnel as well. Uh, one from Sterling and one from uh, KDB. Maybe a penalty. I'm not asking man in no. predictions yet. But anyway. No, to take it. Uh, Sudan, what do you think is going to be the score? Final score? I think it will be 3-1. 3-1? Oh, you see Sheffield scoring? and That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I think it'll be four nil. I think we'll be four nil for City. I think yeah, oh. it's, uh, I, yeah. I just feel like that this is set up for them to go out and have a blast. Normally, when they drop points, where they don't, then the next game becomes a rout. So I think it'll be four nil to, to to City. I think yeah, yeah. I, I just think they have too much. And Sheffield are too much in flux, and I think City have too much to prove uh, for them to, especially with the Liverpool. I believe they're playing Liverpool next, so they're already warming up for that game. So um, they'll want to get into top gear soon. And so I think four nil to to City sounds. That's my prediction. Yes. Yeah. Just to just to add to that, maybe I mean obviously Premier League is a, a primary thing for us. obviously Guardiola to win. He has won it a couple of times now, but somehow it's it's just my personal opinion that I'm not pretty sure that if he probably uh, loses a game or loses points in a game, he draws with someone. He there's a loud in the next game. I think this year it's going to be complete. Like Pep is going to be completely and solely concentrating on the Champions League because he has taken a lot of wrath for that. He might end up winning the Premier League as well because he has the squad and the and the strength. But I think it's going to be Champions League for sure for him to win the season. And I would agree with that. If we were talking, this was a quarterfinal first leg that was coming up after this game. I would agree with that. But they they do it too easy. Like any you can see, their group is too easy. So they they already six points. They're going to get through the next two games, right? Who are they playing next? Um, do you, do you guys know who are they playing next? Sporto Marseille, third team. Uh, that was in the group. There's some random team that they're going to play up against. Like we can't even. Smaller clubs, smaller clubs play with smaller teams, so it's fine. <laughs> well, no, not that. I mean, I, I don't want to be disrespectful here, but the fact is that they have an easy group and they already got one foot in the door. So I don't think they need to rest their big players for the for the Champions League. Um, so I think the priority, at least for now, it will be the Liverpool game and not the Champions League game because they don't have. To I mean, yeah. Going going ahead in the seasons, we are we are at a very primary state of both Champions League and the Premier League. But let's say. Uh, by the end of this year and maybe next year, maybe uh, a March or April when it's like the far end of the season. Yeah. You know, if they do manage to get to the latter stages of uh, the Champions League and maybe they are fighting for the Premier League at that point of time as well. Hopefully, yes, because they do have a brilliant squad. I think then at that point of time, the focus will shift more to Champions League than the Premier League. Yeah, it might. That might happen there, but I think for now... I think we can safely say that that's not going to be the case. But that doesn't happen before the quarterfinals anyway, because until then they get easy draws. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but they get easy draws. I feel I've noticed that. Anyway, that's enough shade on City. And that's enough discussions on City as well. Then we're going to move on from that. But uh, do check that game out tomorrow. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Sheffield against Manchester City. And we'll have the match reaction for you for that one as well after the game is over. So uh, stay tuned on that. Actually, we have an update for you at the end of this video. So interested uh, do know that and if you liked our shade throwing at manchester city uh, please remember to smash a like on the video uh, and also subscribe to the channel then you can get more such uh, such comments that are thrown uh, please don't unsubscribe though if you're a city fan you know, this is just you know we just this is just think of it <laughs> well anyway all right let's move on let's move on to the next game uh, we're going to talk about uh, burnley against chelsea uh, interesting one here uh, this one burnley against chelsea burnley generally create problems for teams but they have been off of it just like sheffield I think they've been pretty off it uh, this season, but uh, talking about Chelsea's done, uh, it looks now, and we talked about this after the Champions League game, it's starting to look like the defense and attack is gelling together. Um, it's coming together nicely for Lampard, isn't it? Now that he's he's suddenly at both both things going now. Yeah, the major relief is we have got uh, three clean sheets in a row, mm-hmm. and uh, the old Chelsea was used to such things, but uh, with respect to the new Chelsea, it's a really pleasant surprise, and uh, I believe. The goalkeeper change has been a big, big, massive improvement for us. You know, uh, Mendy has been doing all the basic things right, and uh, not just Mendy, but uh, the four different the four defenders in front of Mendy have also been setting well. Uh, so defensively, we are looking fine. And uh, against Burnley, even last uh, season, we did well. Actually, I, I believe uh, Pulisic got his perfect hat trick against them, and. Uh, only Kepa and uh, Gilmore are injured right now. The rest of the squad is fit. So, uh, I believe it should be a, a Chelsea can have a good game. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really hoping for another clean sheet and hopefully, you know, two or three goals to go along with it. So, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, Burnley have been having an issue scoring goals. So, a clean sheet is very much possible. And if they don't keep a clean sheet against Burnley or they draw, I think there's something seriously wrong then there. But uh, Ninan, uh, as uh, Siddhar mentioned, Kepa is injured uh, for this game. How much of that is a blow uh, for the opposition team? Not for Chelsea, obviously, but how much of that is a blow for the opposition team that Kepa is injured? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, will, I, 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 
when when nicely put over there but i don't think it's going to be a, a different story uh, uh, burnley as you mentioned very rightly that they have been having problems scoring goals so i don't think they're going to be creating a lot of chances and chelsea seem to be you know, solidifying their team every game as it progresses that being said obviously mendy has been a good goalkeeper but he hasn't been tested yet and neither have been the four defenders as he mentioned about not not having said that chelsea really need to prove a lot they have done a lot of youth signings and they are good players so i think they are going to be doing right things and if we do keep out the 54 goals that they conceded last year but they still scored a lot as well i mean i i really respect that i mean going forward uh, the way lampard thinks about it is is a nice way to see when you watch the vision on football but then there are a lot of things that he needs to do as well and as satan mentioned that they have kept a clean sheet for the past three games which is really a blessing for for lampard and the entire team and i think thiago also is coming into play now he seems to have understood the yeah. game the way the the way the premier league is played and mm-hmm. it, it is a nice thing and i i saw that champ uh, match as well so uh, i think not the champions league the europa league and they are in champions they are in the champions ஒருத்தர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்ட்டர்
I'm just going to go for one all. One all. Oh wow, that's a bold prediction. Wow, that's that's interesting. Uh, all right, Ritwik, what, what do you think? Are you going to go bold or are you going to save? Uh, I would go with three nil. Three nil. All right. This is the game to attack for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So that to hold back. Yeah. Uh, same three nil to Chelsea. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it'll be three nil. I'll go three nil. I went four nil last time, and I'll go a little bit low. I'll go three nil to uh, to Burnley. Uh, sorry, to Chelsea. Oh, sorry, to Chelsea, not to Burnley. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not that. This is not that kind of show. No, we're not betting. Please do not make any bets. No, three nil, three nil to Chelsea. I think that's what it will be. Three nil to Chelsea. Um, yeah. Again, I, I can't see where Burnley are going to get a goal from, even though Chelsea do have the tendency to sell destruct Sometimes I think they'll keep that in check. I can't see. I can't see Burnley scoring. So. Yeah, I think it'll be three nil. I think uh, I think you said Werner coming to the party. He might score a hat trick in this game. I feel like that. You know, he's priming himself up ready for that. So maybe that will happen. Um, that'll be interesting as well. And uh, yeah, we keep him uh, for that second game tomorrow. Uh, we'll have match reactions for that, uh, and uh, we'll you know definitely uh, talk about you know all the highs and lows in that game, which I think will be very very interesting as well. All right. So moving on to Liverpool against West Ham. This is great. You know, we don't have any crisis stories now for big clubs. I think that the closest that we have is probably Manchester City. And so it's like easy, right? We're just like easing into it. Like there's no crisis stories for us to talk about. Otherwise, then it becomes an interesting one. But otherwise, it's all like settled, you know, in, in the period where things are to settle. But anyway, Liverpool against West Ham. Uh, and if there is anything close to a crisis story for Liverpool, it's the fact that every game somebody seems to get injured. And as I was saying, I think there's some divine intervention that's happening where you know, the, all the teams have basically said, we cannot challenge Liverpool. So VAR and God have said, you know what, we'll make it interesting. And we're going to get players injured and we're going to give wrong decisions just so that Liverpool are pegged back a little bit and then we can create a, a race. But it still doesn't seem like other teams are picking up on it. But um, Nenad, this is an issue though for Liverpool, isn't it? They're having players, all jokes aside, having players injured. They've got Virgil van Dijk injured. They've got Fabinho injured now. And he's a doubt, Not well, he's probably not going to play this Saturday, but he might not even make the Manchester City game next week, which is going to be crucial. Um, and then you've also got uh, Matip injured. So really, it's Joe Gomez and whoever they want to put in alongside him. Uh, but it's, it's a concern for Liverpool, isn't it? Not having a proper defense, uh, not having an established central defense. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a big concern, you know, like the way, uh, I mean, it's very difficult to keep rating players and when they get injured, obviously. Uh, Van Dijk is going to be out for a long time and mentioned Fabinho as well. So, they have had this established team uh, structure for, for a long time now, the way uh, Klopp looks at it, uh, how his team wants to perform on the field and looking at that even again, all all said and done, when it, you know, when it's time to play, they, they do something and they, they, they carve out results. So, West Ham is not going to be a difficult uh, story for them. I think they are going to be getting a good result and I think... Uh, we haven't seen much of Salah apart apart from that. Uh, I mean, uh, a goal from the blue strike against Everton that he just. I mean that I don't, I just don't know. It was it was a shock to me as well, and I saw it. it I think it was shock. Just landed it. No, so it was a goal. I think it was a shock to him as well when he scored. He was like, "Oh, did I actually score?" I mean, I I have no idea how he scored. It it, it was a great goal, nevertheless. Obviously, yeah. that's what he's supposed to do yeah. when he's scoring up front. But yeah, it was a wonderful goal. Having taking nothing away from him, but I I really want to see him come into his own. What he was a couple of years ago, I mean, people did call him a, a one season wonder and everything. He did perform not to that standard the next year, obviously. Uh, but I think he want I he still just six games into the season. There's there's a long season to go ahead, but I think we want to see that threat up front from Salah. And that being said, over over the past one year, I think more so. Uh, Mane is someone who always downplays himself, but he really is a class act. I mean, he does a lot for that team. Then you keep talking about Van Dijk and Firmino and Fabinho and Salah. And obviously, the two right back and left back, they, they are, I mean, amazing. Uh, Alexander Trent and Arnold and Robertson. But Mane is someone who drives the team. So, I don't see them losing points on this one. So, it, it's a complete package. You know, you have something, even if you miss out on a few points, you know how to get back into shape. And Jürgen Klopp is someone who, I, I don't know what he puts into people's head into that dressing room, but he does something right for sure. So I think it's going to be a game for them to surely win and it will be an easy game for them. That being said, we have our very own uh, David Moyes on West Ham. So, <laughs> so let's yeah. see what he comes up with. Yeah, the, the sad part for Ritwik for, for West Ham is Michael Antonio's injury because if Thank he you. was playing, then there would be you would say that Williams and Gomez would have a test um, in that in that in that defense because Antonio is someone who really plays 
you know, he's a very physical player. He is a very smart, very, you know, direct. And he would have played problem. But now he's not playing. It it does make the game a little bit easier for Liverpool. And it makes it easier for their defence as well just to ease in because they're not going to have that threat up front. Definitely. Antonio's presence is very annoying for the defenders. As an Arsenal fan, we saw that. So, yeah, it would be a big miss. Uh, plus, I wouldn't think that his presence would have changed the result. But, yeah, it definitely would have given uh, some thoughts to Liverpool. But, having said that, uh, Moyes has been uh, better when he works from home. We have seen that. So, maybe he needs to go from home again tomorrow. Big time because it's Liverpool. And the issues that Liverpool have in the defence, even though they, they are missing some key players, but what I like about this Liverpool team, that about Jurgen Klopp, that it's more about the team rather than individuals. So he always pulls out and brings in the pieces and it still works for him because he has created that system. And with the energy of youth, uh, he brings the best from this team, even though few big names are missing. Yeah. So, I don't see a dif- different result than what Liverpool win. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think it matters in this game as much, but over the course of the next few games, not having those options to that, the fact that they don't have a lot of options in reserve now, uh, because when you lose Fabinho, not only do you lose a centre-up, you lose a central midfielder, so someone who can play there and who really holds that midfield. So, you lose players like that. It's it's a bit critical for, for it's a bit of an issue for Liverpool that they don't have as much strength and depth. You don't always need it, but when you need it and not have it, it becomes an issue. But I mean, it's it, we talked about it at the start of the season. We said that there was lack of depth, but exactly. I don't think anybody thought that there would be such a severe injury crisis for them to worry about. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's the only thing that can probably stop Liverpool at this point, isn't it? I don't see teams stopping them, so maybe it's the injury crisis that will stop them. Yeah, so that's what in uh, before the season started uh, in the season preview we had discussed that uh, Liverpool doesn't have squad depth, but it has a very very fit starting eleven. But that doesn't seem to be the case right now. And uh, you know, VVD's absence and now Fabinho's absence in the game against Chelsea, it was Fabinho who did a fantastic job against Werner. You know, he, he was the one who was stopping him. And uh, now that he's not there, maybe not against West Ham, but. Uh, they will definitely lose points because of uh, these injuries. And uh, without uh, VVD and without uh, Fabinho, they don't look as strong as in the defense sector, you know. So, I believe they will lead goals, especially against City. Uh, and uh, it's a good test of their backup players and it's a good test of uh, tactics of Klopp to see how he comes out of it. Yeah. Well, before City, there's a game against Atlanta. Uh, teams who like to score goals. They concede goals, but they also like to score goals. So, that will be a good test for the defence as well to see how they cope with that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Ninan, who's your key player for uh, for this one? For Liverpool? I I think it's... it's For me, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be Salah. I, I really want to see him come on his own. Uh, he... The, the, the way the entire... Uh, structure is built for Liverpool. I mean, there's a lot of tracking back, there's a lot of pressing forward and back. But the only player from all this, I what I've been watching is, the only player missing from this is Salah. I mean, he does a lot on the field, but if you if you exclude him and the goalkeeper, there are nine players who are running behind the ball and pressing everyone. Salah is waiting for that one ball and he does have his uh, personal skills as well, obviously, no, no denying that. But I want to see him really making an impact on this one. It's it's time for him to make an impact and announce himself in a big way. Yeah. So apart from his first game where he scored a hat trick, which he has been probably used to doing that for the past three seasons now. Leeds. It was Leeds, right? That he scored. They haven't played Spurs yet. It was it was against it was against Leeds. Yeah, it was against Leeds. They lost four uh, three. They won four three. Sorry. Wow. It was it was a very uh, sad penalty at the very last uh, from Leeds, but. Nevertheless, that's fine. But I think Salah needs to come into his own and he will be a key player for me. Yeah. Sadan, what's your score prediction for this one? Uh, I'm going to take a flyer and say uh, it's going to be 2 all. I'm uh-huh. not very sure that Liverpool is going to win. Oh, you're going with the. Yeah, well, Ninan's telling his reaction, though we can't hear him. But 
Uh, it's going like no, he actually uh, he I I he he probably read my mind. I was going to I'm I'm going for two all as well. Well, you're going for two all as well. Wow. Okay, you guys. Okay, well, just because West Ham have drawn the last two games doesn't mean they draw every game. But interesting. Well, that would be interesting. They did draw with City, so maybe there is something there. But we shall see. But that's you know without Antonio. Arithmetic draw win. Uh, I would go for Liverpool two nil win. Two nil. Yeah, I can't. See, I can't see Liverpool losing this one. To be honest, I think even without their defense, they probably will concede a goal. Maybe if Antonio was playing, I would say a draw was possible. But without Antonio, it's gonna be hard. I probably I would say a three-one. Three-one is where Liverpool will end up. Yeah, pretty comfortable. Maybe a little bit of a scare. Two-nil will become two-one, but then you know Salah will pop up with a goal. It'll be three-one, and it'll crush all of our collective dreams together. But anyway, yes, yeah, so it'll be three-one to Liverpool. I I can't see a, a West Ham getting anything. But uh, that that's another one that to watch out for, and we'll match reactions for that as well. So it's another interesting game, and uh, that will be the build-up for the Manchester City Liverpool game next weekend. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how those how these uh, fixtures pan out. So uh, keep an eye for that one. And uh, now we're going to talk about the big game for the weekend. We're going to talk about Manchester United against Arsenal, and that is uh, well, it used to be a blockbuster clash about uh, two decades ago. Uh, nowadays, uh, it's about who can finish in the top four. Really, I mean, that's that's where we are. But uh, it is two two managers on the up and up in some ways. Uh, it's an interesting interesting uh, story there, and uh, there's been some interesting subplots for both teams uh, at the start of the season, and it's really progressed. Uh, it's progressed differently, I think, over the last few games. But let's let's start with Arsenal. Let's start with Arsenal for this one. Uh, wasn't the best of games against Leicester, Ritwik, uh, and. Uh, there are a few issues there for that team. Uh, what I mean, they didn't have too many issues against Dundalk in the Europa League, but that's to be expected. Uh, but what changes are you expecting from that? Are you expecting any changes from the Leicester game uh, for this one? Sure, uh, I think uh, Lacazette will sit out, oh, and Oba will will go center. I think Lacazette has been over the past year he has not been that productive uh, or and up front. um he he was good uh, in hold up play and creating spaces but now in past few games even that has not been working for arsenal so yes i think it's time for lacazette to sit out so who would you have as your front three my front three would be oba center mm-hmm. left bukayo saka and right it would be pepe pepe So okay, well, yeah. it doesn't. Oh, so then who? Oh, so who do you have as a left wing back? Doesn't Saka normally play as a left wing back? No, in the past, in the last game, he played as a, he played on the left. On the wing, left okay. forward. Yes. Okay. All right. So then, who would you have as your wing backs? Would it be Bellerin and Maitland Niles? It would be Bellerin and Tierney. Tierney. And oh, I would. Documentary. Okay. I would keep uh, with the pace that uh, United have. On the wings with Martial. Martial is not playing. I, yeah, okay. Martial is not playing. Uh, he's suspended, so don't worry about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even then, uh, United have pace on the flanks. So I would not. Uh, it was a bit surprising. Jaka was playing in the back three. So I would not play Jaka. I would rather bring in Maitland Lines in that back three, along with Luis and Gabriel, and. in the midfield i would go with thomas partey and sabayos because sabayos provides that much more pace and isn't sabayos much more to the game than isn't sabayos no, no, injured i thought he is out of this game is he is he fit yeah i guess he's fit he's fit oh, okay well, that's great and, and uh, obviously tierney yeah uh, on the left hand side so yeah three i would go with 3 4 3 but i would like to see ateta to more positive approach towards the game rather than sit back and i know that ateta doesn't want to play that way just because he doesn't have the quality to play play the style he wants to that i think he wants to play in a 433 style but he doesn't have that quality so he's in big games he's little bit hesitant to go with that approach but i would like to see uh, on sunday go with much more flow and try to be positive and take the game to the united rather than sit back even though it is theater of dreams but uh, we don't want it to be nightmare for us sinan would you agree with ritik would you do that would you go attacking as manchester united 
Or would you rather sit back and, and you know, and park the bus? Uh, because I know what I would do if I was out there and I would park the bus. Uh, you know, I would play back five and park the bus. But what would you, what, what do you think? What, is, is that the right tactic to, to take the game to United or just to sit back and, and, and counter? Uh, I am not sure if that is Arteta's tactics in most games. You know, he likes his defense to be sorted first. And after that, he takes up the attack. So, uh, again, I see him keeping a very balanced squad. I don't think he's going to just go after United. And it might turn out to be a little bit of a luck fest like how it was between Chelsea and United. You know, I mean, United played like really well against Leipzig, but Leipzig were playing so high, high up and, you know, gave so much space for Rashford to run. I'm, I don't think uh, that's going to happen in the United game. I think, you know, Arteta is going to have those three central defenders and he's going to ask them to, you know, to just block everything out and then go ahead. And secondly, even if Arsenal wants to attack, I'm not so sure if they have any creativity in the midfield, you know, and if they just want to keep poofing balls from the wings, I'm not sure that Aubameyang is the striker uh, who will hit the balls in so much, you know. He needs that little bit of creativity and passing. So, I think it will be a balanced game. Arteta would first like to keep the clean sheet and then, you know, maybe try to just nudge a goal for his side to win the game. It will be a KG affair, I think. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. It will be KG because, think as much as we all like to see free-flowing attacking football, uh, we all love it, but the thing is, in certain games, you know, managers have to have to do what managers have to do. And um, I think for Arsenal, it works well. I mean, Chelsea did it. They parked the bus. They knew what they were going to do. And if Arsenal parked the bus, they very well will come out with a point at least. Um, and then, you know, if you if you rely on Lindelof and Maguire to make a mistake in the game, they probably will. Uh, so, you know, it's not every chance of getting three points if you can keep a clean sheet. So that's uh, that's uh, that's you know that's definite possibility. But it's interesting what you mentioned about Arsenal about playing a three-four-three, and that's probably likely that they will play a three-four-three. Uh, the only question is whether it will be an attacking three-four-three or a defensive one. Um, you know, but it will be a three-four-three. With that in mind, Nina, uh, talking about Manchester United, would you go with the back five? Would you also counter that with the three? You know, three-four. They probably play a three-four-one-two. So would you go with the three-four-one-two, or would you go with the diamond like they played against Leipzig? Well, I think I think the diamond suits well, but then they'll have to change. Uh, or they will have to change his uh, complete squad. I think even even uh, even if it is a three-four-three for Arsenal, I I am looking for the complete overhaul of the entire starting lineup against Arsenal because even though if it is the threat of the teams, even though it is Arsenal, it is a big clash on on paper. Obviously, both the teams have lost their sheen over the years, which is which is fine. But that being said, I I still think that this uh, this Arsenal team can be rattled. Same applies to uh, the United team as well. What would you Sorry? change from the Leip- What would you change from the Leipzig game? I would, I would like, I would really like to see more of Pogba and Hernandez on the starting line, at least in the Premier League. Pogba. I am not sure about. Pogba will play. Pogba started in the Leipzig game. He probably will start this one as well. In, in the, the Premier League, so yeah, categorically specifying, I would like Pogba and Hernandez to start up more in the Premier League games. I have no clue what uh, Ole has in mind for Van der Beek, so I don't want to comment on that. That being said, obviously Rashford is a threat going forward. He is, he has space and he can. Run. Adding to that, as we are talking about pace, I'm not sure. Is is William uh, out of the squad? Is he fit? No, William is injured. William is down. Oh, that's that's that. Because William is someone who really has the capability, you know, to take on the United defense, specifically Maguire and Lindelof. Maguire is very slow, and William will eat him from breakfast. I, I can promise that. So that's sad for Arsenal. But that being said, I would also like to see the alien defense that Cavani possesses. If just for surprise. Element if Ole probably tries to start off with Gavani, it will be a different game altogether the way it is being set up. So, that is what something I would really like to see. Not yeah, sure of the formation, it might change, but I would like to see Pogba, Gavani, and Hanad, all three of them start. It, it, will be a, it will be a good mix. And second, I do second all the thoughts that the other guys said about it will be, a, and you as well, it will be probably a KJ effort if we have all the elements on the field, even, the, even there, because everyone is going to be playing for a draw. Yeah, it all depends on who scores first. If Arsenal score first, then it will be it will be a KGA game. And if, uh, if Arsenal score first, so they keep a clean sheet. I think United will the emphasis will be on United to attack. If United do get a goal first, then the game will have to open up, and then anything can happen from there. We know you know Spurs had to open up and they scored six past United, so that can happen. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. you just never know what can happen. You just don't know what you're going to get. And what's interesting on the on the talk of the team selection, though, is that um, it will probably be Pogba. I think Donny van der Beek will start on the bench. Um, I, I'm not sure whether it will be Matic starting or it will be McTominay. I think that is one decision that he'll have to take. Um, and then up front, as you said, it'll probably be Greenwood or Cavani. I think Greenwood might get the nod only because of match fit. Yeah. Um, but I think it's for for Solskjaer, it's all about the of, about the options that he picks, and uh, that's going to make a difference because he has a, a problem of plenty, uh, but not plenty in terms of like he's got lots of high quality players. But he's got players who can play in different positions and different situations, and he's got to pick the right one. Um, I would like to right. see Juan Zibi starting, but I don't think he will. I think it will be Maguire and Lindelof. I think he will go with that. And that I think might be something that might cost him um, in the game. Uh, so that if you were to pick, would you pick Maguire and Lindelof for stability, or would you bring in Tuanzibi? Uh, if it's a back five, he'll probably bring in Tuanzibi. But if it's a back four, uh, you'd expect Maguire and Lindelof to start. Um, I, would you bring in Tuanzibi because he's got that pace to maybe counter Aubameyang? Uh, see, uh, actually five at the back is really three at the back uh, if you are attacking and. Uh, I have not seen United play too much with three at the back. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I feel it would be more comfortable. If game, you're watching the Chelsea game. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I understand. Three at the back doesn't necessarily suit United, but he sometimes goes for it in these games. He tries to play three. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I would still be more comfortable with uh, the traditional four mm-hmm. uh, defense setup. Yeah. yeah. But would you With start to answer or would you keep Maguire and Lindelof as a pairing? I guess I would keep uh, Maguire and Lindelof and uh, not ask them to keep a high line, basically, you know, to do their defensive job well and let the attackers. Uh, asking Maguire and Lindelof to keep a high line is basically telling Obama and please go and score a goal because, you know, he has the goal. Exactly. <laughs> It's just, yes, it's just one word. And that's sad, actually, because it actually does, it limits uh, options. But I think, yeah, I just think that that's, uh, I think it's, it seems like a fairly obvious selection of what Ole is going to do, but he just has different options where you think maybe he can try that. And maybe Cavani is an interesting option if he wants to go with it, but I just feel that, uh, I think, I wonder against Luis, though, um, Ritwik, you've seen David Luis a lot. What do you think flusters him more, a player who's fast or a player who's physical? In the defense. In defense, yeah. What flusters him more? Is it a player who's fast or a player who's physical? I am sure physicality doesn't bother him, but the pace, exactly. definitely the pace. Then yes. you'd probably go with Greenwood. Then you probably want to go with Greenwood over Cavani because Cavani doesn't have that pace. But anyway, uh, that those selections will be interesting to watch. Um, and as you talked about, I think, um, who do you think, uh, uh, Nenad, who do you think has is going to be more ambitious in this game? Is it going to be Oli or is it going to be Arteta? Who's going to be more ambitious? Who's got? I guess who's got more to who more to gain from a win uh, in this game? I guess or more to well, to prove their metal and who's got more to gain in this game. It's it's both both the teams, both the managers, obviously. But coming from a final flashing of Argyle, obviously different conditions, different game altogether. And the first home home victory for United, they will start this game on the high. And contrary to what uh, Siddharth and Ritwik said, I really feel that. As as everyone says, attack is the best defense. I also would like Arsenal to really start attacking uh, Lindelof and Maguire if they do happen to start. It it will set up a good game for uh, neutrals. Obviously, obviously for me, uh, being a United fan, I would really like to see uh, uh, an attacking game from United, and I, I would like to see Cavani on the on the starting lineup to to for that aerial set, obviously that he possesses, and he is in general overall a good player. So I think it will be more of United than Arsenal. Yeah, I think the aerial threat is a good point. And if he was starting Teles, I would have said you start Cavani because then you get the crosses in. But we know Shaw's crosses yeah. don't reach. They don't. They don't reach that far. They won't get to Cavani Shaw's crosses. Um, but uh, yeah, Ritwik, who do you think has more to gain from from this? From like, who do you think? I guess this question is who's going to be more ambitious? Who has more to gain from being ambitious? Is it Arteta or is it Oli? I think it's going to be Oli, but I want Arteta to be ambitious, as I rightly put it. So. Yeah, because uh, I think they with the shaky defense of United, as we saw against Spurs, they can be rattled. Plus, I think that we are not providing enough to our front three in the big games. Yeah. So, I would like to see ambitious approach from Arteta, even though I think it would be other way around. Yeah, I think I think Ali just has more to gain. I don't think Arteta is. It's going to be criticized if he gets a draw from this game or even if he has a close defeat. I mean, maybe he's criticized when he gets a close defeat, but I definitely don't think he's going to be criticized for a draw. 
I think anything other than Vin, than a win, I think Oli will be criticized. And then again, the knives come out. So I think he has a lot more to gain. Plus, United are at home, so the emphasis is on them. Uh, but uh, Nenad, do you think is going to be the key player for uh, Manchester United in this game? Well, that's that's a tricky one. Uh, I I think it's going to be I, I think it's going to be Rashford. Rashford. He, he's going to he was going to go make a go at all from the midfield, obviously. If you uh, saw the game against, I think uh, Leipzig, yeah. and I, I was going to start for the very reason I think they both have a good understanding and communication. Uh, during the game, it's it's the it's the ball and obviously Papa, but. In the midfield, it can be it can be tricky range faster, but if he manages to get those runs behind, it will it will be good. So I think Rashford probably will make a difference, and Pogba more more over Hernandez if he starts. Um, yeah. You mean Bruno Fernandez, right? When you say Hernandez, Bruno Fernandez, not Hernandez. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, no. Well, don't forget the guy who will. If there's a penalty, you know, who's going to step up to take it. Uh, <laughs> It will be Bruno. But, uh, <laughs> Ritwik, uh, who's going to be the key player for Arsenal? Um, I would say it would be Tierney and Aubameyang. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be for United. It's got to be. It's going to be Fred and Matic. I think those are the two key players because how they play is going to determine how that defense is going to cope. Yes. Listen, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing that name to my attention. I completely missed out on Fred because he had a fantastic game against RB Leipzig. Yeah. So, yeah. Fantastically, absolutely yeah. right. He he's gonna be. Uh, I mean, I have been criticizing him a lot for sometimes, but he does the running. He does the get. He does get the job done. So he he makes sense into the team now. Doesn't score goals. Doesn't give a lot of through balls or important passes. But he does something on the field that is important to the game. So yeah, he makes something as well. Yeah, as long as he's running around the field and not expected to make key passes, I think Fred is a very very good player. Um, of that, that's that's going to be the important thing. But yes, as how how well they cope with Arsenal will be, will be the key, and how quickly they can win the ball back. I think for Arsenal, I think the key player will be whoever's Lewis's partner in central defense. I think it's going to be Mustafi, and how he plays and how he handles that defense is is his defensive duties. I think that's going to be the key for whether Arsenal are going to win or not. Because you just know, and I think it's from both sides. You just know those central defenders on both sides; they have a mistake in them. And I guess it's a question of who's going to make that. Who's going to make one? Or who's going to make more? And I, you know, so it's going to be a fascinating game uh, to watch. Sudan, what's your predicted score for this one? Uh, I, I think it's going to be one nil either way. I'll probably go for the United win one nil. Okay, uh, Ritwik? Two one win to the home side. So United? Oh, okay. Yeah, United. Are you are you saying that uh, as a as a as a as a you know is that a, is that an analytical? Uh, 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 what do you call analytical prediction, or is that one of those? I'm not going to jinx my team, so I'm going to say that the other team is going to win. Which one is it? No, 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 no. It's it's definitely the first one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I think it's because they are they are on a high. Yeah. High yeah. Well, I'll come to that uh, when I give my prediction. Ninad, what's your prediction? I I think it's going to be a two nil to United. You know. Yeah. See, Rithik mentioned that. I, I don't see. I don't see Aubameyang scoring, even though Lindelof, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, asking Lindelof and Maguire uh, to keep a highlight is obviously giving it on the plate to Aubameyang uh, and please go ahead and score a goal. But I don't think I don't see that happening against uh, Arsenal on Sunday. I think it's going to be a pretty compact uh, uh, defensive lineup from uh, United. And also, add to your point, I think it might be a, a five-man uh, 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 back. I mean, Tunzabe should be a mix as well. It it, it might help. Yeah, it yeah. might be a five-man backline only because to counter. But I feel like just because the way they play against like Leipzig, they might feel that they don't need to use it. But th- on that note, there was another Champions League game, and you know we came off a high of winning the Champions League game. Played against Arsenal, everybody thought United were going to win, and they went and lost two 0 uh, Talk about about that night in Paris. So there's nothing that you can take for granted. There's with United, there are no highs, and you know I, I'm a wrestling fan, and uh, as people know, and investing this 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 thing called reverse momentum. Right, the person who has the best, the best moves, or the best, uh, you know, looks like being on top before a big event. They then go and lose the big event. That's always happens. I know wrestling is predetermined, but that's how it goes. So I think, I think reverse momentum might be in play. I think Arsenal, you just cannot trust them. I think it'll be a draw. I think, I think, uh, I think that I, I, I just feel that uh, there will be a draw. There might be one team nicking it, but I just, I, I, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I just feel not very confident with Manchester United in these big games. So I think I'll see the draw. Arsenal might nick it. But uh, I think it will probably end up being a nil-nil or a one-one draw. That's where we're going. But 
we shall see hopefully i am wrong but uh, i do not know how that will go i think i think the three of you have already jinxed manchester united so it's just going to go one way or the other i think it's just yeah my <laughs> mind will be wiped out but anyway final game we're going to talk about uh, the, we're going to talk about tottenham against brighton and normally we make a dig about tottenham being a small club and we're talking about them but it's it's a little bit surprising uh rithvi because spurs by all accounts many people think spurs can be title challengers this season uh, you're an arsenal fan so i don't know what you think about that uh, whether they can be a title challenger or not but the one thing that probably holds them back from even being in that conversation is the consistency uh because you know they've had these games where they've gone and lo- you know they've dropped you know given away three goal leads they they lost to um, royal antwerp i believe they lost to antwerp in the europa league on thursday and it was not the first team but still they lose it just feels like somewhere and maybe this is you know spurs being spurs but whatever it is there just seems to be that mental block that they cannot get over in that in that quest for that consistency as a bigger neighbor definitely i know it it is spurs only so but yeah they have they even i felt they had a chance uh, after they beat uh, manchester united they have a, they are in the mix they are still in the mix of uh, title contention but having known the spurs that they are they I'm, they probably not going to win the title but yes definitely a contender for top 4 yeah i think the thing was top 4 obviously will depend on how far they go in the europa league and what they decided to there but it is an issue with spurs for being uh, being consistent nenad would you start bale uh, on sunday would you start him against brighton he played i guess he played against antwerp but would you start him against uh, against uh, brighton or would you hold him back would you just keep him as it So this have as a second half substitute. So your your voice broke out. I oh, I don't hear sorry. you properly. Oh, I said, would you start Bale this uh, Sunday? Would you start him against Brighton and get that HBK connection going? As I can't coin that word last week, HBK. Uh, would you keep that? Uh, would, you, would you try to get that connection going, or would you just? Uh, it, it would be, it would be a good game uh, for uh, I think Bale to start because uh, I think after his first game, he mentioned that he doesn't feel fully fit and he needs those, you know, uh, a lot of running legs, a lot of. I mean, miles run onto the field, and actual match fitness really matters a lot. So, Brighton might be a good game, even though he is in a mix of the HBK and the H and K play along. I mean, you, I mean, Kane and Wilming Song is whatever referring to. Yeah. So, if if they play along uh, their natural game, they are a real threat. And I mean, not not taking that they get Arsenal here, they both have scored about eight goals more than Arsenal. Sorry about that, Patrick, <laughs> with their <laughs> partnership. So. Uh, it it will be a good mix against Brighton. I think it. I think uh, it's, it's the right time for him to start if he is completely match fit to prove his his metal that he has. And Brighton should be a good game for him to start, is what I believe. And to see how lethal these three can be going forward, if it turns out to be that way, actually into the game. But nevertheless, if it doesn't happen, uh, Kane and Son are anyway going to do the damage up front. Yeah. Uh, so then, final question before getting to the generic ones. I think uh, just something that popped into my head. Is this the end of the road for Harry Winks? Um, I know he's not very highly rated anyway, uh, a lot of people. But uh, he seemed there was a time when he seemed like he might become a starting midfielder for Spurs. But it just it just feels like it's the end of the road for him now, isn't it, Harry Winks? He had a pretty poor performance against Antwerp. He's not pretty much a starter now. He's not a starter really. So it's it looks like it's the end of the road for him. Like it's yeah, because uh, Spurs have uh, upgraded themselves a lot, I think, and. Uh... he has not upgraded himself you know so he is naturally down the pecking order now uh i don't expect much from him with you know these star players and uh, uh you know all the good things that are happening at first i am not sure that uh, he will be in the mix for a lot of time yeah it looks like hobby yeah. and uh, and dombele have formed a good partnership i think hobby yeah. has allowed yeah. uh, and dombele to go forward and attack more so i think yes. that's probably where they will and that's that's probably the future for for spurs at least in the medium term so uh, it's sad for harry wings but uh, i think the thing with english midfielders is you always know that that's probably around the corner for them but uh, it's a sad thing but uh, uh, ratwick uh, who's uh, going to be your uh, key player for spurs for this one son and king that partnership has been the revelation for them for quite a few years now yeah. so both of them mm-hmm. yeah would it be a case uh, sidan of spurs outscoring brighton or do you think it will be a, you know like um, like where they it would, would it be a situation where they just need to get a few early goals and then relax or is it going to be a case of like a good defensive and a good attacking performance no i i i would think that spurs would score three to four goals against brighton 
and i don't think brighton can score more than one goal against spurs so it's not that much of a case of outscoring i think uh, spurs are going to outclass them and especially after that defeat in europa uh, mourinho is known to be the most difficult manager after a loss i think mean, he just hates losing and it shows or even on his instagram post he had posted you know that i i that he hopes that no one on the bus is happy you know he just he had he would he just stopped after manager like he's the most difficult manager i don't think you need to add after a loss but fair enough i know you're a chelsea fan so i understand i understand no i understand the loyalty now no way it makes sense uh nenad what's your score prediction for this one uh 3-0 ഫോക്കസ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ
fellow football fans and anybody else you know or don't know we'd really appreciate it uh, please also follow us on twitter and facebook we have the links in the description below and spread the word about us take care lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.